0: on this week's episode what's going on at brazil comic-con adam smith talks to bucket from the toasters and what's on our holiday wish list all this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos
1: welcome to the pop culture cosmos
0: And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there that's all the great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. The Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Humanica Media, The Happy Hoarder, and everything that we do at PopCultureCosmos.com. Plus, our good friend Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and everything that she does with Vampires of Vitae and Wizards of Wine. Plus, the fact that we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day so much. At Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where we also have a ton of tabletop RPG action. And if you again, if you could support all of that, is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is returning to us after a victorious time at the Waco Convention Center, selling all these awesome holiday gifts out to people as the man behind the happy hoarder. He is the guy that you got to go ahead and check out at The Happy Hoarder on Facebook, plus Humanica Media, the Super BS Gamescast, and his amazing book, Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh the Great Peterson. What's up, man?
2: What's up, dude? I don't know if you, uh, I got to say, like, Funko Pop is really uh, pulling out all the stops this year, man. I'm like, Sorry, I'm like looking at some of these pops they got going on from these classic Christmas movies. I'm amazed, dude. I'm amazed. I'm not a big pop collector myself, but a lot of good stuff here.
0: Well, I didn't want to tell you this now, but since you're on the subject, just wanted to let you know I'm heading to Seattle later this month. And uh, one of the places I might check out is not only the History of Pop Culture Museum, but the Funko Pop Museum as well
2: i mean i was there and i don't know if i was there when that was open but uh take some photos man i'd love to see what's inside that place yeah check out the museum of pop culture too it's a pretty sweet uh pretty gnarly pearl jam exhibit they got going on they got a bunch of like xenomorphs like in their science fiction exhibit check it out man you'll love it
0: jeremy's heart. <laughs> that, was, that was my eddie better there for you but uh, I, it, it was
2: it's was pretty spot on man like he's uh he's the only person that you could do that you know that that was grunge though was like let's see let's sing for like a minute and let's just go <laughs> for the next three minutes and do a five minute guitar solo
0: and then brood after that for another two uh, and
2: a half.
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a great episode Josh and I will be talking about one of the New Comic Cons that's been on the scene For just a short period of time But it is growing in enthusiasm Growing in popularity And growing in importance to pop culture And that's Brazil Comic Con We'll talk about all the trailers that dropped And some of his thoughts coming up here in a bit Plus also as well On the back end of the show We'll be talking some great holiday gift ideas With part one Of our Pop Culture Cosmos Holiday Gift Guide I've got some ideas in mind. Does Josh the Great have some? You know he does as the guy that is the Happy Hoarder. So we'll go ahead and talk about that on the back end of the show. But in the middle is a great interview, Adam Smith, friend of the show, also a guy that shows up every single Monday for the Demolition Force. He has a lot of music interviews that he wants to go ahead and start reaching out to some good friends in the industry. And one of those friends that he has, is a ska legend. Ska, if you're into that type of music, the really good blend of music, something I've listened to for decades now, Bucket from the Toasters, an absolutely sensational and legendary ska band. He is going to be talking to Adam Smith. That's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is Brazil Comic-Con. Yes. And I'll tell you what, This is getting a lot more notoriety. The throne is still San Diego Comic-Con, but with places like New York Comic-Con and Brazil Comic-Con, they have risen in recent years from the depths of, let's say, a regular average in-your-city type Comic-Con pop culture event to something much more memorable, something much more notable stars, movies, industries, entertainment insiders, entertainment companies are actually focusing on places like this. And in fact, we had major trailers drop from Raiders of the Lost Dark with The Dial of Destiny, with Indiana Jones 5. You also had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That dropped because of Brazil Comic-Con. You had Gen V. That also dropped from Amazon. You got a ton of things that showed up just because Brazil Comic-Con is in the house, a lot of good things came out of it as well.
2: Okay, you know, the the Dial of Destiny was it was weird. It was really cool to see Indiana Jones back in action, but then the, the title kind of th- threw me for a loop there. Because I all of a sudden, I was imagining him going on this grand adventure, finding the object of whatever it is he's seeking this time. And then he's about to, to pick it up, and then you hear this like uh, dial-up modem sound, and then all of a sudden, like they trick the whole audience, and someone picks up the phone and the movie cuts out, and you just see Steven Spielberg holding up the phone, going, Oh crap.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, I can say the response to the actual Indiana Jones 5 trailer, the dial of Destiny, was fantastic. Everybody seemed to love it. The de-aging was legit and looked really, really good. Probably the best yeah. I've ever seen yeah. it. Disney's been
2: playing around with that stuff for a while, so I'm sure they're kind of on top of their game with that.
0: But usually the two sentences that I saw back-to-back were, this trailer is really good. I can't wait to see the movie. This name really sucks. I can't wait until they change it.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep, that's where I'm standing right now.
0: That's where I'm standing as well. But I think that if you saw on the trailer, there's a scene where he's teaching. And of course, he's teaching and you see the Dial of Destiny as one of the main parts of his lecture. So if you hearken back to some of the older Indiana Jones movies, such as the first one where he's teaching about what's going on, you know, where X doesn't mark the spot, but actually eventually it does in this next movie, X does mark the spot. It shows you that it, it almost foreshadows what he's going to be going ahead and trying to get or achieve or try to do in the movie as a way to go ahead and Tease this. James Mangold is the director. That's not Steven Spielberg, although he did have he does have an executive producer role, and also George Lucas has some influence in the writing. I think he was involved in the writing a little bit, so there is a, still a little bit of flavor there. But I think with 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 Mangold, who really did a sensational job with Logan, I really think that this is a great way to go ahead and possibly end the Indiana Jones series.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. He's a good action director and he's not, I mean, no offense to Spielberg, but he's like, he's in his prime right now. So I think that he is a good man to take this series to a place that's going to be memorable. You know, like if, if this is going to be the end of it, they need to uh, go out on a high note. I, I actually heard too. I don't know if this is true, but they're working on some kind of uh prequel series for Disney, Disney plus. plus. Cool. That's of course, separate. my
0: friend. You know they're not gonna not touch it. Of course, yeah. they're gonna touch the IP.
2: And it's separate from the uh, what's it called? The uh, young, young Adventures Indiana. of Young Indiana Jones.
0: Well, maybe as far as maybe a little bit older, maybe what a teen Indiana Jones or early young Indiana Jones. I it's gonna be relating. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: that's what I'm interested in.
0: And they've already said that they will not recast Indiana Jones, but they're going to have to figure out some way to not let this IP die, because it's not like Lucasfilm has a, a plethora of new IP or old IP or any IP sitting there. When you become reliant on one IP, i.e. Star Wars, it's, it's something that, you know, you don't have a plethora back there. I mean, I don't see them going ahead and making something out of with some of the other IP that they have, or some of the video games that they made back in the day. I don't, I don't see them, what, Return to Monkey Island or what are some of the other games that they made, the point-and-click adventures that they made from back in the day. I don't think they're going to make some movies off of that. They may make something out of that, but I I don't think it's something that they're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on. But I also don't think that this will be the last adventure as far as from a cinematic standpoint of something in this universe.
2: Yeah, no, that, that won't happen. Indiana Jones is something that needs to be viewed on the big screen. You know, that's why I'm kind of bummed about the National Treasure thing, too, on Disney Plus, is that what makes these uh, these adventure films so great is, like, watching them on a larger-than-life screen. You know, it just yeah. kind of, feel like it's going to ruin some of the magic. I get something like Mighty Ducks and Santa Claus or whatever, which is actually pretty good, by the way. You know, I get that, but, like, this is these, like, grand adventures are supposed to, like, take you places. It's, it's much more enjoyable on a bigger screen.
0: I mean, we're seeing now with Lucasfilm, one of the few IPs that they do have that they brought back, Willow, which has garnered great reviews. The interest in it is not as high as I think a lot of people at Disney Plus have hoped. Uh, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, even though people that are watching it say it's great. I've watched the first two episodes. It's okay. I think it's 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 entertaining for what it is. It's not super great, but it's it's okay. I, I enjoyed what I watched. I think it's it's there. But Lucasfilm has to look beyond the future. And even though there will not be another Indiana Jones, there will be something with this IP going forward. They just can't totally throw it away.
2: Yeah, no, and and they won't. You know, it makes money, so why get rid of it?
0: Absolutely. But before we head to the break, my friend, just to run down some of the things that you saw from Brazil Comic-Con. So now it's becoming more and more important as far as what we're seeing there, what they're distributing, what they're showcasing out, who's showing up there who's doing panels, the TV shows and movies that are being part of what we see at Brazil Comic Con. Of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer, which showcased possibly the end of the group that we now know as the Guardians of the Galaxy. I know I spoke to Melinda about saying that we'll see probably another iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy going forward at some point in time being reformed in a different format as far as different individuals involved, but this yeah. looks like it's going to end up a lot better than the way we saw from volume two. It's funny because Melinda said, Oh, everybody liked the, you know, it has such great opinions of the, of the, the, paraphrasing now, of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Like, well, Josh and I on volume two might have something to say about that.
2: Yeah, not my favorites.
0: Uh, she said, Well, it's, this is better than some of the, the Thors. Yeah, yeah,
2: you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah right. absolutely.
0: Yeah. But what are your thoughts, man, on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 before we head to the break?
2: So I actually laughed out loud. I lolled while watching that trailer. It, I don't know, it was funny, you know, but it Drax also... Drax
0: is good. Drax is so Drax good. Drax
2: is great. Like, when he chucks a ball at that little girl's head, like, that was... <laughs> That was funny, you know, like I, uh, it's bad. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't laugh at a kid getting hit in the face, but it was funny. But you're you know? meant
0: to laugh at it. Yeah, yes. right.
2: They want you to laugh at it. Yes. They also like put a lot of emotion into it. So like I feel like we're going to lose one or two people at oh, some should. point in this movie.
0: But we probably may see a reformation for a brief bit during Secret Wars. But eventually the IP, there'll be another, I think, down the road. Not James Gunn led, but there will be another Guardians of the Galaxy, just a reformation of a different group, maybe involving some of the maybe one or two of the originals, but there will be a different group down the road. But at least some type of also involvement when it comes to secret wars as well.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm I'm positive that we'll see we'll see more. You know, there, there's there's the the Guardians of the Galaxy have crossed paths with a lot of uh, you know Marvel's heroes that we have not seen yet. You know, we got Nova and Silver Surfer and. a bunch of other people so i yeah i think that i wouldn't say the best is yet to come but i you know there is something else definitely in line there uh that being said though and this this story looks like the uh the marvel movie that could possibly put things back on track and i was also reading that they're they've been listening to a lot of feedback on this marvel phase and they're like rethinking quality over quantity I was uh, somewhat, yeah. Well,
0: the bobs are, they changed the bobs, so we'll see what Bob Iger says as far as the future vert. The thing is, though, the company is so reliant on Marvel and Star Wars for a lot of their content,
3: mm-hmm. that's
0: the problem. Anything that, like Willow, again, good show, not many people watching it, or not as many people watching it as a Disney or Star Wars. Disney Plus, you know, is on the rise, over 160 million subscribers Yeah, i mean i understand that they're talking about not worrying as much about the subscribership but it is an audience it is a large audience that you really don't want to detract from
2: yeah yeah absolutely time will only tell if it's going to suffer the way that uh hbo max is starting to suffer but uh, yeah i I don't know man like the the things going out on disney plus is uh They've been hit or miss, you know, just like yeah. all the Marvel stuff's been hit or miss. So it's, yeah, you can throw as much content as you want onto onto Disney+, but eventually it's going to start watering down the story. And I think that that is, that's where people are starting to fall off of the, the Marvel train.
0: Well, we'll see what happens, but Brazil Comic-Con had a lot of great things. Before we head to the break, my friend, I did want to mention that there were a couple other things showcased that I really wanted to touch on that was... The Gen V official first season, first look trailer from Amazon. This is supposed to be a side story in the boys universe. What were the odds that it would be bloody and gory in the trailer? What were the odds? I didn't actually
2: see this one. Tell me about it.
0: About a young lady going to a place of education. You'll see some of the familiar faces from the boys in it, as far as if you check out the trailer, but it also leads to, as far as individuals getting superpowers what they do with them for good and for bad. A lot of the same themes that you see in the boys that why we love the boys, both from a personality, both from a storyline, both from a character development and also from what we've seen as far as the gore and the action look and appear to be pretty much similar. What we see with Gen V. So it looks like something that I think if you're a fan of the boys, You may not love it as much as the boys because the personalities, I think, maybe end up being stronger on the boys, but this looks like it's going to be a fun little side thing for you to go ahead and check out if you need to scratch that itch when the boys is not available for a new season.
2: Hopefully, though, we don't get to a point where there's too much of the boys. Uh,
0: Not quite there yet, but again, you're talking about a prime, which is actually at this point, has more subscribers than Netflix now, both over 220 million. So they got to go ahead and feed the audience somehow, but we'll see. Also, want to touch on one last thing from Netflix, which is The Witcher Blood Origin with Michelle Yo. Again, she's going to be talked about later this month. We talked about the best of, especially with everything everywhere all at once. Your thoughts on Blood Origins, the prequel series touching on it a little bit different take on the ip but still has that witcher feel
2: i like that world so any any chance i get to go back to it's cool plus we're supposed to get another what the the witcher is supposed to be the next season of the witcher is supposed to be coming out here sooner rather than later so
3: and that's the
0: last one with henry cavill
2: last one with henry cavill so i mean i'm i'm excited to say i don't know anything about the other two actors but like i said before like i love anything that michelle yows and like she's definitely you know one of my favorite people in hollywood and that's i am a huge kung fu movie fan and she's definitely like i remember watching her in crouching tiger hidden dragon when i was a kid and being like wow you know
0: well hopefully the wows will continue with the witcher blood origin but all in all great things coming out of brazil comic-con really looking forward to what's coming up as far as from indiana jones and the dial of destiny guardians of the galaxy volume three Gen V coming to Amazon Prime, and The Witcher Blood Origin coming to Netflix. Not to even mention 1923, the Yellowstone prequel again. That actually debuted, that trailer coming out with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. So a lot of stuff coming out in recent days. A lot of it's due to Brazil Comic-Con. Going to be more and more important as the years go on with this Brazil Comic-Con. So what are your thoughts out there on the latest trailers released during Brazil Comic-Con? Please let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is a great interview we have for you. It's Adam Smith, who'll be talking to ska legend Robert Bucket Hingley from The Toasters. He'll be talking to him next, right after the break. And then after that, it's our thoughts on what you should be thinking about with the pop culture fan in your life with our Pop Culture Cosmos Holiday Gift Guide Part 1. That's coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Well, here I am sitting with the legendary Rob Bucket-Hingley of the Toasters. Uh, Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, Adam. Is it snowing up there yet? you know we had uh two and a half feet of snow here last week and it's perfectly green out here now
3: so yeah well absolutely... two and a half feet of, two and a half feet of snow is nothing for uh upstate new york right
1: yeah pretty much but they gave it to us all in one night so that made it a lot of fun
3: well my wife uh, <laughs> my wife's from syracuse so she at one point showed me pictures of uh, snowdrifts all the way up the back of a house and the kids were climbing out the dormer window and and tobogganing down the roof into the snowdrifts, which is about 15 feet high. And they had like yeah. a tunnel through the snow, so I know what it gets like up there. Ah,
1: uh, it definitely gets crazy. So, uh, you know, here we are rolling into the holiday season, I thought, uh, you know, as I, I picked my son up from the airport with his family, and uh, his girlfriend's daughter brought up that, my goodness, all Christmas music sounds the same. And I said, hold on a second. <laughs> and uh, of course i put our regular listening for uh holiday christmas music which always starts off with uh what you guys released back in what was it 97 or 98 but the christmas yeah, 98 and uh her face lit up she was like wait it sounds like christmas but this sounds completely different and so we had a lot of fun with that and, and that's something I would definitely like to get to. But uh, checking in with you, how is everything? Are you uh, are you hunkered down in your hole for now, as far as touring goes? Or
3: no, I've, I've just got back from uh, South America. We were down there for three weeks, down in uh, Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Chile, Colombia. So that's good. That's so Putting a little bit more effort to get down there on more often. Cause it's such a great. Such a great market, but just uh, pretty, pretty disorganized and difficult to get all the promoters in a row, down there. Uh, could, but uh, yeah, we had a good time. But generally, uh, not touring so much, at least not during the winter. I'm kind of, I think I'm over, I'm over that. No more, no more snow for this old guy.
1: I could appreciate that. I remember we've seen more than a few shows in Buffalo and Rochester with you here. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, South America is absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, we just had Adisibo play in Supernova uh, last year, and that is just so much energy. And I think very uh, yeah, those guys. Uh,
3: those guys helped organize the show in uh, in El Salvador. It's our first time in there. I was I was really surprised how many punks and and skinheads there were there actually, um, I way more than Guatemala, which is like a more general audience. But there's a lot of people who are like diehard fans and what they, what they like is kind of odd. They, they're not really too much into like mm-hmm. the US ska punk bands. Um, but they're really into two-tone bands. They're really into Moon Records bands. Uh, mm-hmm. because that's, uh, that's like, they remember that fondly. Um, but there's a lot of bands who I thought would be more popular down there than not. obviously, you know, they know the Boston's, but, um, I mean, a band like Mustard Plug, for example is not very well known down there. I guess they've never been one thing, but um, it's definitely definitely a different kind of scene down there.
1: Certainly, certainly. Well, here we are on the uh, PCC multiverse is what we call it. It's uh, the pop culture cosmos. This is the home of all things pop culture. We leave nothing unturned as far as pop culture goes. (laughs) I got a great group of friends here and we play Dungeons and Dragons. We play Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, They discuss movies, you know, concerts, anything they can to, to really kind of put a light on what's happening today. But also looking back at what happened in the past as well. And of course, comic books are a huge part of that. And for those who aren't very familiar with Bucket. Could you tell us a little bit about how the toasters came to be and what you were doing before that started?
3: Yeah, it's actually it's actually funny you mention that it's timely because I've just um, I've just actually got back into comic books over the last month. I've been helping uh, Joe Jackson um, get his uh, comic book collection sold. He has a bunch of um, Silver Age Marvel in DC, and a run of uh, EC comics, which is. Uh, ironic because the reason I met him in London in 1978 when I was working for Forbidden Planet, I was the guy that was in charge of digging out all those books for him, for his collection. And here I am, uh, here I am like 25 years later, helping himself. So the uh, (laughs) the wheels call come into motion. So I've been back in touch with a lot of the Forbidden Planet guys and a lot of the guys in, uh, unfortunately, some some of them have passed away. And a lot of the guy, like the old school guys in the uh, in the New York or Brooklyn comic book scene. So that was uh, that was like turning over a, a rock and seeing what crawled out. But it was kind of fun. Having said that, I mean, um, the the toasters came about because I was working at Forbidden Planet, which if people don't know what that is, it was a, a science fiction and comic book store, multimedia toys, horror, uh, fanzines, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that was on the Lower East Side of Manhattan and it's a bit of a, a bit of a cultural mecca so there's always people uh, from the music scene and from the uh, you know science fiction scene hanging out there and that's uh, I was kind of managing that place and and training people and buying collections for them and originally I was supposed to be in New York for six months doing that and that period kept on getting Extended and extended and extended. So uh, eventually, I thought, well, I better, I better put a band together, so I got something to do in the evening. And so that's Mm -hmm. how the Toasters got started. Basically, just a band, like a jam band, that we go play like after hours with uh, a bunch of guys from Forbidden Planet and and my roommate uh, Steve Hex on keyboards. And then uh, that's what turned into the Toasters. Finally, after a couple of twists and turns. Sure, and so sure. uh, yeah, so it all came about from the from the comic book store
1: essentially. That's actually fantastic. I mean, I, it definitely not as indie as a comic book store, but I had uh, uh, very similar relationships with my employees at Blockbuster. Uh, you know, uh, we had as soon as the shift was over, we would uh, uh, you know essentially end up listening to music, playing video games, and and drinking some beers, but. You know, I still mm. talk to a lot of those guys today. Unfortunately for us, we didn't have any of the talent that uh, you all possessed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much talent there was at the beginning, but definitely, it, it was definitely uh, it was definitely a rough diamond to start with, but it took a little bit of polishing.
1: Ah, sure, but I, I'm sure a lot of people could relate to. Uh, uh, you know, those early jobs that you ended up having and those connections you made and and how important they can be to, uh, you know, not just who you are as a person, uh, to your memories, but, you know, what life could end up becoming, you know, in its entirety. Uh, well, what, so what it was, it was
3: like um, there was it was a, it was a mix of people There were like uh, three, three or four people from the Forbidden Planet crew um, who were mostly playing in other bands at that time, like punk bands or reggae bands. And my, and my roommate Steve, who was actually a genetic engineer at Rockefeller University, who uh, turned out to be able to play keyboard, so he said he joined. And then, um, and then the bass player was uh, was a girl from the local bar we'd hang out uh, on, uh, which was on Avenue A between Seventh and Eighth Streets, called the Park in Tavern, the Pit. And uh, the guitarist was the brother of the bartender there and uh that bar actually is pretty funny because they had this uh they have this little kid used to hang out there after school he was like a latchkey kid and uh his mother used to go pick him up there when she got out of work at six o'clock and that little kid who was sitting there by the robotron machine was actually harley flanagan who went on to be went on to be in the chromex so there's a there's a seven steps to kevin Bacon. that bar um but uh, it was like an amalgam, and then you know we uh, we ended up getting uh, we played a, a showcase gig at CBGB's, and uh, Hilly liked us and put us on the weekend, and you know, and the rest is rest kind of history.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. You know, for a lot of people that are familiar with the Toasters already, uh, you know, there's there's really no need to go further on your your course has been. Uh, absolutely studied and, and learned, and it is quite legendary from Moonska to, uh, you know, with, with Megalith, everything in between, uh, the amount of people that you have influenced and the amount of touring that you do, you are an absolute machine. Uh, it's, it's inspiring well, the
3: machi- to, the to all kinds little, of people. The machine's are a little rusty at the moment. <laughs> Ah, oh, fair enough, fair
1: enough, but uh, you know yeah. that's some that's some well earned rest right there. Action Figure
0: Adventure is back with Season 2, and we're going further than ever before, checking out more toy stores than ever before, and seeing more incredible, iconic, and noteworthy pieces than you could possibly imagine. Once again, Jay grapples with how to build the ultimate action figure auction to support critically and terminally ill kids in need. Along the way, we'll
1: chat about holy grail figures, perfect action figures, and showcase some incredible toy collections. Action Figure Adventure Season 2. 7.30 7.30 p.m. Eastern
0: on Jinx TV Canada.
1: So looking at, at what Ska is today, no need to really drop names or any way, you know, one way or the other or anything, but where, where do you feel that it is? And uh, what
3: do you hope that it can become? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, it's like, uh, I think it's in a period of change in the moment. Obviously, you got some bands uh, like The Interrupters who who, who really blew up. But you know, is that really helping a whole bunch of grassroots bands coming up through? I don't, I don't think it is. Uh, but having said that, you got to look at um, like what's going on in L.A., particularly with the with the Latin bands there and the Mexican subgenre. There's a lot of kids listening to it, uh, and they're not all white. You know, uh, there's a lot more Mexican kids listening to Sky music in the USA than than white kids. So I think we have to kind of Find a way to incorporate the scenes together and try to have more cooperation between bands like Inspector, who come up uh, to the US and tour and put, sell out these huge venues and nobody even knows about it. Um so I think there's a way we have to put that back together. But I think yeah, you know, Sky Music is alive and well and uh, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the next big thing. Seems to happen once every twelve or fifteen years.
1: Outstanding.
3: I'm a proponent of the uh of the Andy Warhol 15, 15 minutes in the the limelight idea. And uh somebody said to me one time, you know, music music's like like a broken watch, you know. If you if you just stick to what you like to play and, and don't try chasing around after what you think people want you to play or what people want to hear. Um, you know, a broken watch is right twice a day. Uh, but a watch that's like one second behind is only right about once every 150,000 years. So you better just stick stick to your guns and play what you want, and then you know it'll it'll come around to you eventually if you're good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, outstanding, outstanding. Well, Buck, you know I really appreciate uh, all the time we had here, and uh, I really appreciate your insights on on what skies right now. And mm. uh, is is there any parting words you
3: have for right now? Yeah, bring back Westbound Train. That's what i got to say. They have a new uh, record. Out. It's like fantastic. It's like, come on, man. What you guys doing? Get on the road.
1: <laughs> I'd love to see Obi <laughs> moving around. They, I saw them, <laughs> yeah. I saw them uh, uh, maybe a year or two ago, and it was an absolutely phenomenal show. That, and, and it's a good thing. And going back to the point that you did bring up is that, yeah, Scott, music is alive and well. It is out there. The artists you knew 20 years ago are out there
3: playing. Yeah, I mean the the, band, the bands are at the touring. I mean, if you look at the touring schedule, I mean, uh came back strong and and they're touring now. Um, you know not in, only in uh, yeah, they, uh, uh, not only in, in uh, the USA but you know I helped them out with the European tour so that's good um, mm-hmm. so I think I think we just have to we just have to put it back on the rails and that's going to take uh, quite a lot of uh, elbow grease and maybe we can have the concept uh, that we used to have back in the day where uh, people used to work together we had a we had a really good platform in the late 80s and the early 90s and that unfortunately got dismantled when when we had the big uh ska charade of the 90s where a, a lot of bands got promoted who i really don't think deserved to, to be called scare bands in the first place uh, and a lot of the bands who had done a lot of the hard work i would say notably a band like bim scala bim for example mm-hmm. uh, didn't get anywhere near the uh, the acclaim and the, the fruits of the spoils as they as they deserve so you know but they're still around playing so bring back bring back bands like that they're the old school now so but i think there's uh, plenty of bands playing there's plenty of audience there and i think people just have to learn how to um, basically put the network back together get some cooperative events working and uh, put the tr- train back on the rails ourselves it's been done twice before it can happen
1: again i appreciate that absolutely i think we're all a cog in that machine Uh, The people we interact with, the way we hold ourselves, the way we uh, take care of each other all kind of speaks to that. And I think if we can just bring that outside of our own skin, that uh, something like that could absolutely happen again.
3: Yeah. Oil oil my squeaky wheels, Adam.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, before we go too far, one other thing, and and, you know, I, I... I brought it to a second there. I was like, we should probably close out a little bit here, but I completely missed asking you about
3: <laughs> that. Which one is that? Oh, that's the. Uh, this is a ghost car. Uh, yeah. No. Well, number no. number one, that design is a killer. That's a Polish. Oh, it's a, po- a Polish girl who, who does that. Call, uh, I'll plug her old school design. She's on Instagram and Facebook. You can check her out. Um, but that one is garlic ghost and, uh, the story behind that is, yeah, there you go. What are you putting that on?
1: It's, uh, an awful chicken nugget.
3: (laughs) You can, you can go get a packet of like, you know, topos to mice or something. Well, there you go. How is that?
1: No. It's fantastic. Hmm. I've been using this with chicken wings, eggs, Mm. tikka masala, and very very shortly you're going to see me start
3: crying. Yeah, that that one is a little hotter than Mm. a lot of people can manage, but um, we get our sauces made by this crazy guy, I'm going to plug this guy too, uh, out in Colorado, his name is Danny Cash, and the guy is on a permanent endorphin rush because he just exists in this in this place where there's his whole store is full of swirling uh swirling hot sauce vapor and you actually literally have to when you go in the back where they're making it you literally have to put a, a gas mask on to, to go in the back there because you can't breathe and so this is like he drives around uh he drives around denver delivering this stuff in like a 1960s dune buggy so the guy is out there but his sources are fantastic and serendipity i met him because uh when my son graduated from college um he moved back he was in england he went to university of canterbury at kent in the uk and he came back over here and he got a job uh working for danny cash in a hot sauce startup doing his sales and marketing and so what happened we were playing a show at uh, one of the denver venues and this dude just shows up with this huge cardboard box full of hot sauce and plonks it down on the merch table and says, pick, pick which one you like and I'll make it for you. So we were just, we were just driving around in the van, uh, eating hot sauce and blowing ourselves up for two weeks. And then, uh, but we've, you know, we've made, I think that's, that's the fourth or fifth source we've made. Okay. And don't, you know, we sell more hot sauce bottles now than we sell CDs. Oh, well, the thing is,
1: (laughs) I absolutely love hot food. Uh, My family actually does a uh, a hot sauce, hot wings uh, type thing twice a year. And uh, my wife's cousin grows his own ghost peppers, Caribbean cayenne, scorpions, Carolina reapers. And they make sauce to uh, not only taste great, but to get this effect. And yeah, yeah. The, the toaster's garlic ghost sauce is the very first bottled sauce I've ever tried that has this effect. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but the taste, <laughs> the taste is phenomenal. I absolutely Well, well we agree. went,
3: uh, we've made, uh, so far, we made the first sauce we made was called the Shocker. Yep. And that was uh, a smoked Chipotle habanero uh which isn't quite as hot as it sounds but the flavor is incredible oh it's 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 Uh, it's, it's great great then we made a caribbean lime which was serrano and lime that was uh, the razor cut then we made Scar killers which was a straight uh that was a straight what was in that that was a cayenne basically cayenne pepper sauce and then we made east side heat which was was serrano Serrano chilies and garlic. And then the latest one is that one you just showed in the, which is Don't Let the Bastard. That's garlic, garlic and ghost pepper.
1: Yep, yep. And uh, that, that's one of my favorites right there. I had to buy a bottle and send it to my son in Minnesota. Uh, he can tolerate hot food better than I can, but uh, there's never been a sauce we would shy away from. But this is one that's gonna test your metal. It's going to t- test your palate because if uh, if you can get past the heat, the flavor is phenomenal. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have to shed a few tears, but it's worth it.
3: Well, then Dan- Danny has uh, sauces which are way hotter than that. I mean, he has like super hot. But they're so hot that you can't really taste them. And to me, it's kind of like, yeah, what's the point in that really? It's like, I like to be able to, I mean, I like spicy stuff, but when it's the point of just like like dudes, you know, having a pissing contest, like oh, I can this, this, brr, I can brr. do this one. It's like what's the what's the point in that? You know, you'll pay you'll pay for it the following morning, trust me.
1: Well oh yeah, that's it. It's it's <laughs> it's hot going in, but it's lava coming out.
3: What they call it in Mexico <laughs> is la la revancha de Montezuma, Montezuma's revenge.
1: There you go. There you go. But like I said, the heat on this is great, but the flavor is there. You're not just lighting your tongue on fire. That's what it's all about, Adam. Yes, sir. It's the same thing for your ears with music. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes when you listen to the toasters, you feel like your ears are being lit on fire, but in the best way possible. It is incredible music for those of you who haven't heard it, who might be a late bloomer to the scene, you need to go ahead and, you know, go ahead and pop the toasters onto the search menu in uh, whatever app it is you use. And give a good listen to not just the sound, but the lyric, the content, the energy, and maybe it'll change your life too. Buck, I really appreciate you spending time with the Pop Culture Cosmos today, and thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks.
3: Thanks for having. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, buddy. I, I feel I, I feel wait. a little
3: I feel a little less cooped up in the house now.
1: Talking. About <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I can't wait to see you guys again. It's uh, it's always too far away and not soon enough
3: well we have uh we're putting in some tour dates for 2023 but it's going to be it's a little bit limited um we're just bumping up to the fact that the 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 uh the touring circuit still has a lot of bumps in the road so we're not trying to bite off too much more than we can chew there's going to be a, a a southeast tour to florida there'll be a tour to the northeast and one out to california and then uh and then two months two months in europe over uh, may and june so we'll be uh, we'll be around your way sooner or later well i'm happy
1: to hear for everyone else but i'm glad to hear about the northeast and uh, i look forward to seeing you buddy we'll go outside and get a garbage let, plate
3: let let me know <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> Karen, that's another all roads lead back to Karen conrad that's
1: that's
3: how it I goes say, well, here I said, why do they call it a garbage place? Oh, you're going to find out, and she was right. All right, man.
1: All right, buddy, I appreciate it. Take care now. Yeah,
3: thanks, Adam. See ya.
1: All right, buddy.
0: If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, And we're back at the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Gerald Glassford, along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. Thanks so much to Adam Smith for his interview with Bucket from the Toasters. If you want to see more of this interview, you can go ahead and check it out today, right there on YouTube and Facebook, on Pop Culture Cosmos, where Robert describes a whole bunch of things even more in detail, including how Ska has been a force for change and how integrated with politics and ideals, the Sky Music scene really is. So go ahead and check out the entire interview today on the Pop Culture Cosmos page on YouTube or also as well on Facebook. Adam said he really enjoyed his time doing it and he's going to go ahead and do more coming up in the coming weeks and months as far as some great musicians that he has along with us. We're going to be doing some great music interviews as well coming up in the not-too-distant future that we're planning out. But Josh, before we head on out, my friend... It's that time of the year. I, I don't want to say it. it's a do-do-do, do-do-do, do do It's the holiday time, my friend. And you know it's that time of the year. you got to start buying. First off, before we get into our thoughts on some holiday gifts that people need to get, maybe at the Happy Hoarder on Facebook, what are your thoughts on as far as how well you did during your time spent at the Waco Convention Center?
2: I think it went really well. Pokemon cards were huge, so those were, were pretty good. I sold a lot of Tommy Power Ranger action figures and, you know, from the Lightning Collection, from the uh, Retro Morphers, from the Automorphin ones from 1994. People were really uh, on the prowl for Tommy stuff. And then lo and behold, I find out that, okay, this blows my mind. I ranted about this on uh, social media. Okay, so these toys two weeks ago, right? They're, you can get them for like 25 bucks. They're Lightning Collection, uh, Green Ranger, White Ranger stuff, Lightning Collection. But now, and even like the Hasbro Retro Morphers, which were our remakes of the 1994 Flip Heads, uh-huh. you could get those for about 12 bucks. But now you go online, everyone's freaking out, man. And the, the prices of these things have skyrocketed to about, I think the cheapest one I found online was about $150 for the Lightning Collection uh, Green Ranger.
0: Wow, well, and I, it, I, we it, know why.
2: Well, we know why, but it's insane because it's not like Hasbro is going to stop making these toys.
0: Well, It's simply because they're profiting off of an individual's death, a very tragic death indeed. And I know how much his death affected you, affected TJ Johnson. I don't know if you heard a couple of weeks ago, he talked about it for half an hour, how you know shaken and emotional he was, such as you are, about it. And to be profiting off of someone's passing like that I think it's a really poor taste.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, like like I said, like I get scalping, I get it. You know, I get making uh sicking those bots out online to grab up everything you can to make a little bit of extra money. But like, there's just no what's where I'm looking. At? Like honor, I guess not. There's no.
0: It's tact. Man. It's, a, it's an issue of tact to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, and like. I'm, I'm of the, I mean, it didn't just do it to Tommy stuff. Like it caused the whole price of everything. Power Rangers to skyrocket. And so I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, these kids should be able to get Power Rangers for Christmas and not have to pay $125 for them. You know?
0: Agree. Absolutely. Absolutely agreed. Couldn't, uh, couldn't agree with you more on that. But before we head out, my friend, have you got some good ideas on some gifts? Part one, I, I turn over to you for part one of our holiday gift guide. So what are some gifts that you're thinking about would be good ideas to have that people should get for the pop culture fan in their lives?
2: Okay, so let's start on the topic of Power Rangers. They, Hasbro has started doing this uh, Zord Ascension project where they're re-releasing the old Power Rangers Zords. But, you know, back in the 90s, the, the arms only moved forward and back, right? There wasn't any, like, pivot points on them. Yes. So these uh, Zords, these Zord Ascension things, they have... Um, 22 points of articulation in them so it's really cool uh they're about 160 dollars right now they have the dino zord for mighty morphin and the dragon zord for mighty morphin have come out you can get those online the prices are slowly climbing on those so i would jump on that while you can outside of power rangers hasbro recently released a marvel legends figure of the amazing spider-man from the amazing fantasy series and I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to like, look at those outside the box, but I've been watching some unboxing videos of these things and man, they're cool because it, it poses like it, it has, you know, much like the Zord, it's got 22 points of articulation. So you can move it around, comes with webs that shoots out of its hands. Our, our friend Jay Bartlett did an unboxing of one on his YouTube channel. So you can check that out. If you're a Marvel fan, of Spider-Man collector, that is definitely something that is a must-have, because I guarantee within six months, that's going to cost about $80. So I would jump on that while you can. Uh, Target, all through the holidays, has been having like buy two, get one free. So, I mean, if you're into Marvel Legends stuff, definitely hit up the, uh, the Big Red Circle.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, it's just very interesting to see what's going on with that and the prices hopefully they'll be able to stay you know somewhat reasonable so people can go ahead and buy it anything else sticking out to you as far as some good holiday gift ideas for the pop culture fan in their life yeah absolutely
2: all right so i got i got three more things here one if you're a pokemon fan you know my kids love pokemon cards and sam's club actually has a deal it's like forty dollars for I want to say like 12 packs of pokemon cards and you get a giant one of those giant like v star cards and two uh holographics in there so it's 40 bucks and you think about it like yeah a, a pack of pokemon cards is like what five bucks a piece so oh, you're technically yeah. yeah so you're technically getting two free packs of pokemon cards i would say that that's definitely worth the cost if you're you know a collector of pokemon cards or you know, you want to buy them to fill some some stockings at Christmas. That's definitely a good buy. I don't know if you've been to Walmart lately, but they have a set from Home Alone that is Harry and Marv on the staircase getting the bucket thrown at them by Kevin. They've got the whole staircase there, so like it's really really cool. I was sitting there; it's fifty bucks. I want it, but uh, <laughs> you know, we're what does the say? Yeah, she says no because. I was cut off from buying things for myself until December's over. So I cannot purchase that. Hopefully they still have some after Christmas, but other Funko pop thing, they have a Christmas vacation. It's the cover of the VHS Uh and it's Chevy chase covered in lights and he's getting electrocuted. And that's about, that was 30 bucks I think at Walmart also. So yeah, a lot of great stuff. I didn't realize how collectible some of these Funko things are because they're only they retire them after like three months of being out, and then the prices go way up. So, good stuff to know. Also, if you want to buy stuff at its cheapest point, you should probably do it right when you see it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's some good things out there. I'm going to tell you about one that I have gotten a chance that I'm going to be able to stream this game online. So I'm going to be. Nice. Uh, Going to be able to stream this hopefully on a number of channels, primarily the Twitch channel. So, Pop Culture Gospels on Twitch. You may be able to see me play Atari 50, the anniversary collection. We talked about earlier this year that Atari 50, the anniversary collection, was something that was going to come out a lot of anticipation for it because 50 years of Atari, and you and I had a great conversation on Atari at 50 years as far as the legacy that it's left, and so many things that people have loved about it. But they've fallen on hard times uh, on a number of occasions. Been the the company itself, their their name, their IP has been changed over hands like seemingly like what (laughs) two three hundred times seemingly. Do you
2: remember during uh, COVID they they opened an NFT hotel? Do you remember that?
0: Yes, that was like (laughs) about for about ten minutes. Yeah, that didn't seem to work out very well. But
2: yeah,
0: Atari. One of the things that they actually did right. They released a game called Atari 50, the anniversary collection, which has over a hundred games, even some secret ones added that you can play. A lot of them are really touched up, really look good, really fun to play. A lot of them take you back to the 2600, 5200, 7800, Jaguar era. So you can actually go ahead and detail it. Plus also look at the history with written notes and things of that nature that's added in there. So I'm going to hopefully be able to stream that for you, but, I would highly recommend, from what I've seen and what I've been able to interact with so far with Atari 50, the anniversary collection, it may be talked about later this month as one of the best things I've seen this year in pop culture.
2: I'd definitely be interested to know your thoughts on it.
0: It's a great way to interact with the past and the greatness of video game culture. And obviously one of the high points was the Atari era. And I think right now for a great holiday gift... For the pop culture fan in your life, if you have someone that's into video games and it's virtually out on all the major platforms on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch. So there's no excuse why you can't get it. It's at a great price too, $40 wherever you find it. Great game, great price. It's Atari 50. anniversary collection so yeah that's my first thing i will have more things i might suggest that'll be on the friday show with melinda she's got some things that she wants to go ahead and touch on as far as her holiday gift guide so i know i'm looking forward to that but any other suggestions for people out there for their holiday gifts before we head on out my friend
2: yeah i think that covers it for me i mean there's always things that i want (laughs) you know such as i don't have anything specific but uh, you know i'm always looking for cool new action figures for my display i'm trying to collect the uh, dc multiverse justice league figures but yeah like i said always something out there that i want so i'm sure you know by this time next week i'll have a lot more things to uh recommend
0: one of the things i did want to tell you though before we head out was i was at the container part today i actually got a chance to, to talk to the folks that run it back great place to go really small place but it looks like something like josh would have as far as great stuff from the 80s 90s and early 2000s as far as vintage clothing vintage products from from pro wrestling star wars nba stuff action figures video games whole bunch of stuff and i was going through it and all i was having a good time looking at stuff and then my wife gets a text she gets a text from a friend that says oh my goodness i, I ended up getting you know my son a ps5 and somebody looks like somebody else gave him a ps5 too it's like, oh, do you, you know anybody who wants one? Oh, yes.
2: Yeah, uh, 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 uh.
0: And she said, no, there's no one that wants one. She looked at oh. me and said, no, there's no one who wants one. So I guess I have my spending limits this Christmas as well.
2: Oh, lame, man. I'm sure they'll be readily available here soon. So oh,
0: I won't tell anybody, but I've got friends at Retro City Games. I'm hoping to get some pool in there sometime.
2: There you go. I know our our uh, yeah our buddy Doug is always good for a hookup or two.
0: Doug and Nicole are amazing, and well, you know I got the store credit. Yeah, that kind of helps too as well. Yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh, you sure? Can you ask her if it's the one with God of War Ragnarok?
1: <laughs>
0: she looked at me. No, no, no. It's like arr, arr, humbug. Humbug, indeed.
2: Yeah, Scrooge, geez.
0: But what are your thoughts out there on a great holiday gift for the pop culture fan in your life or maybe a suggestion that I could go ahead and mention either on next week's Pop Culture Cosmos or this Friday's PCC Multiverse? If you have any thoughts on a great holiday gift, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Once again, thanks so much to Adam Smith. Had a great conversation with Sky Legend. Robert Bucket Hingley from The Toasters. He wants to go ahead and do some more interviews. I said, go ahead, have some fun. You looked like you enjoyed yourself while doing it. Bring on some more guests. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can go ahead and do for us. Plus, again, we got more music interviews, hopefully, in the coming months as well. But, Josh, it's been a great episode, talking pop culture. Any last thoughts before we head on out?
2: deals 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 look it up target and walmart like everyone's going to be slinging those deals around until christmas is over so if you're a a budget collector or even looking to do some christmas shopping on a budget like i would highly highly recommend that you keep following these big stores because there's always something going on
0: i agree with my friend a lot of good things to look out for we, we've heard through the rumor mill that a lot of these retailers have a surplus of what's gone on with the coronavirus and, and things of that nature. One time last year, there was a shortage of products that an abundance of products came in earlier this year and the middle through this year. So now it leaves retailers wanting to go ahead and get rid of them. And even though we had a record holiday season as far as Black Friday and Thanksgiving as far as buying stuff, there's still a lot there that they can go ahead and sell off. So definitely looking forward to that indeed, but Josh, great having you back. Where can people find out about all the great stuff that you're selling to great customers out there?
2: Actually, I purchased the website domain, so that will be up here this week sometime. So, uh, I'll be sure to send a shout out on Facebook when that's available. Otherwise, we will be appearing next in Waco at the Southern Roots Brewing down in downtown Waco for the Waco Pop Hunter meetup that they're doing. So we'll have a booth set up out there. You can check us out.
0: But where can they get updates if they need more information on the Happy Order?
2: You can follow us on Facebook. And like I said, we'll have a website up there at some point this week. So definitely keep an eye on the Internet.
0: So for Josh Peterson, oh, excuse me, Josh the Great Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.